today on Ag News Daily. So Ag Leader Technology is a precision agriculture company. We do GPS, displays, uh, precision planting technology. Corteva AgroScience provides cutting-edge solutions for farmers worldwide. Learn more at Corteva.com. Well, listeners, uh, September 12th, boy, Delaney, when you skip a day being on the podcast, you almost forget what day of the week it is and what day of the month it is. We are September 12th, 2023. I'm out here in Grand Island, Nebraska, getting ready for the first day of Husker Harvest Days. What are you up to, Delaney? I'm in Washington, D.C. this week with one of my clients, Global Farmer Network. We're doing farmer advocacy and policy trainings in D.C. So we're both on the road this week, Tanner. It'll be fun. Hey, that is. We'll have good content to share. I don't have a ton of weather updates. I was just going to check in on Hurricane Lee to see how that had been uh, coming into place. But other than that, we're sitting out here, Grand Island, looking like we're going to have really great weather for the first part of uh, the show itself. It looks like Hurricane, uh, I'll have to get an updated status on Hurricane Lee itself, but uh, overall things are going well here in Nebraska. We did get an update on the South Dakota Public Utilities Commission as they had filed their motion to deny Summit Carbon Solutions application for construction of their CO2 pipeline. This was set with compliance issues with ordinances in Brown, McPherson, Minnehaha, and Spink counties. The South Dakota Public Utilities Commission filed that motion to deny, and the new news is that Summit withdrew its request to have the commission overruled. So another uh, company trying to build a pipeline, Navigator CO2, had failed earlier this last week with the commission as well. So uh, looking to see what will be the next steps forward there, Delaney, as now both pipelines are stalled in the state of South Dakota for a couple of counties, not the entire state so far, just a couple of counties. Okay, interesting. I had not seen that update, but I'm wondering what Summit's play is going to be here next, if they're withdrawing to regroup and figure out their next strategy path forward or what the deal is there. But Tanner, I do have, it's not really a weather headline, but in response to Hurricane Idalia, we saw that the state of Florida has reported now that 5 million chickens have been killed during that category three storm when it made landfall near Keaton Beach. They're still trying to, of course, assess all of the damage, both agricultural and residential construction, commercial, etc. But Hurricane Idalia ripped apart barns, tore through fence lines and killed everything from cattle to chicken. There were even reports of cattle flying with the debris, chicken coops shredded to pieces. And like I said, there are many chickens killed during the storm. But Tanner, as we look at other weather headlines here, we've gotten... The first USDA harvest report this week. As we know, we're still watching conditions, which haven't really improved a ton, even considering some of the rainfall we saw. But as far as harvest progress goes, we got the first report of the season where NAS estimated that 5% of the U.S. corn crop has been successfully harvested as of Sunday. Notably, the states of Texas, North Carolina, and I believe even Kansas have a little bit of start to this year's 
this year's harvest season. As far as conditions go, USDA rated 52% of the corn crop good to excellent, down one percentage point from the week prior. And soybean crop conditions were rated 52% good to excellent, down also one percentage point from the week prior. Tanner will also see the WASD report out later this morning. So we'll be sure to share an update with our listeners on that tomorrow. Yeah, we had uh, a little mini crop progress report from Des Moines to Grand Island. We put an over under on how many fields had been harvested or had action in them at 20 on our drive out. And we were close to 30 instead. So surprised to see how much progress had been made on our mini tour. It looks like corn harvest has started in 18 different states. I did get an update on Hurricane Lee. It is increasing in size this morning. The center was about 575 miles south of Bermuda and has sustained winds of 115 miles per hour, which makes it a Category 3. Though it could strengthen more on Tuesday, it's expected to weaken and grow in size before speeding up and heading northward. The growth pattern will definitely help predict where Hurricane Lee is headed. So we'll continue to keep our listeners updated there there's a new tool coming from the scn coalition that helps reveal the pest in your field's financial tolls so you can now look at egg counts you can look at the female index and you can take that in analysis with your soil's ph and officially find out what the pests in your field are going to cost you this tool uses an algorithm with more than 25,000 Iowa State University field trial plots to see where SCN resistant soybean varieties are in relation to the, the, <clears throat> the pests that are creating issues for them. Mainly based upon egg count, uh, you will look to see with this checker what the value of maybe another pass across the field is delaying, but quite an interesting new tool. Uh, you can certainly find more information with that out at Iowa State University Extension. Well, that sounds exciting for our growers out there, but switching news here into some Black Sea region news. The United Kingdom says Russia targeted civilian cargo ships in the Black Sea port during their August 24th strike. We've had a lot of strikes lately, but on August 24th, there was a confirmed, or excuse me, previously unconfirmed, now confirmed missile attack that was successfully thwarted by Ukrainian defenses. And the UK came out on Monday accusing Russia of specifically targeting a civilian cargo ship and knowing it was a cargo ship nonetheless and still targeting that ship. Of course, Ukraine has been making efforts to allow vessels stranded in the Odessa port since the start of the war, but these remarks made by Britain's parliament and prime minister are the first time an official comment on a ship being targeted has been made, Tanner. So this is a big deal that the UK has finally kind of come forward and publicly acknowledged and called out Russia on this attack, uh, because this is really the first time we've seen them do so. We did not see so far any sort of response from the Kremlin, but I would assume they will probably respond in some sort of way. It may not be with words, however. Yeah, that's uh, quite interesting to see where that's going to head. I'll have more Russia headlines here towards the end of our news cycle. A crisis helpline dedicated to serving Oregon's ag and forest industry is now open. The Oregon AgriStress Helpline 
is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can call or text this. The voice line can be accessed in up to 160 languages. The help of interpreters is what powers this helpline. The most common text languages that they've seen used so far is English, Spanish, and Vietnamese. The AgriStress Helpline is unique because it is completely dedicated to serving Oregon's ag and forestry communities. This includes farmers, farm workers, ranchers, fishermen, foresters, and their families. In June, the Oregon legislature passed a Senate bill to sponsor this project. There is a one-time $300,000 general fund and appropriation to help put this project forward. So uh, not the first state, but certainly a positive movement for the coalition in Oregon. Now, nearly 27 farm groups will help to power this hotline going forward in the future. The issue of mental health for farmers and ranchers has become a top subject, especially in rural Oregon. But those listeners that we have in Iowa wanted to make sure we reminded them that the Iowa State University Extension Office does have 24-hour and seven-day-per-week hotline, 1-800-447-1985. This was part of a grant and ongoing funding process from the Iowa Department of Agriculture and Land Stewardship. So it's nice to see other states jumping in line, taking care of our listeners and the mental health during a very stressful season. Well, Tanner, it's ironic you said that one of the morning newsletters that I subscribed to had some headlines this morning talking about how naps can also help your mental health during this busy time of year. There have been actual studies done that a 20 to 30 minute nap in the middle of the day, along with other obvious things to help with mental clarity and function, can create more memory, creative thinking, and reaction time. So they were encouraging listeners to take a quick power nap during harvest this season. Hey, I like that. That's uh, probably not going to actually happen, but it's still a great idea. It is. So the last headlines that I have, Delaney, before I wrap up my news portion is just coming from Russia in Ukraine. The North Korean leader, Kim Jong-un, has arrived in Russia and he traveled in a heavily armored private train. This is ahead of his expected meeting with Putin as the U.S. had urged him not to provide weapons to Moscow for the war uh, with Ukraine. Putin made wide-ranging comments at the Eastern Economic Forum where he addressed peace negotiations in Ukraine, the swelling troop numbers, and the criminal prosecutions faced by our former president, Donald Trump. U.S. President Joe Biden is expected to make a final decision soon on sending long-range missiles to Ukraine. And Russia and Ukraine officials reported heavy fighting in a small area on the southern front, with no clear sign as to which side may have the upper hand outside of the village of Bakhmut. So those are my updates, and that's the end of the headlines I've got for today. At Corteva AgriScience, we believe that when we work together, we grow together. We believe innovative agriculture solutions are found in the lab and in the field, applying real insights from farmers with our global R&D knowledge to create a strong suite of innovations across seed and crop protection. We believe in constantly challenging ourselves on how to bring all of our solutions together, giving farmers the tools to address today's needs and tomorrow's challenges. We believe in what we do because we believe in what farmers do, and together we thrive. Corteva AgriScience, keep growing. 
Well, I think I am out of headlines, Tanner, as well, aside from chatting markets. So what do you say we take a look here quickly at the overnights? Let's do it. Well, it seems that uh, heading into the WASD report today, grains are trading a little bit lower in the overnight session here. Not quite at final closing bell for the overnights as December corn is down about three quarters of a cent at 485. November soybeans down six and three quarters cents at 1362. December Chicago wheat down four and a quarter at 580 and a quarter. And December hard red winter wheat down five and a quarter cent at 718 and a half. Quick reminder at where livestock closed yesterday, October live cattle added a dollar at a buck eighty-four twenty-two. October feeder cattle added two dollars thirty cents at two sixty-one forty-five. And October lean hawks added a dollar oh two and a half to close at eighty-two fifty-five. Tanner, we are catching one more student internship reflection with a gal who interned for Ag Leader Technology to talk about the technology that she learned about and worked on over the past summer. Joining us for Tech Tuesday today, we have Riley Bell, who is currently a senior at Iowa State University, majoring in agriculture education. And this summer, Riley had the opportunity, well, not even this summer, it was over the past year, to intern with Ag Leader Technology here in Ames. Riley, could you tell us a little bit about your experience and what you did with Ag Leader Tech? Yeah, so at Ag Leader, I was the product management intern there. So I got to serve in a lot of different roles. Um, The biggest part was seeing products in the full development process. So from start to finish, coming up with the ideas, um, the engineering teams working on them and going through that process and then uh, getting them to market, the sales side of it, everything. So Ag Leader Technology is a precision agriculture company We do GPS, displays, uh, precision planting technology. We have precision spraying technology, liquid controls, pretty much anything you want. We like to say it's a full farm solution for um, any farmer and it can go on any piece of equipment. We say we're colorblind, so we don't care if it's John Deere or Case, we can make our stuff work with your equipment that you already have. And it also doesn't matter what year it is, we have a fit for all farmers. Awesome. And with how long you were with them, I'm sure you learned a lot through everything you were able to do. You mentioned that you were able to see some products go from start to finish in the production side. So what did that exactly look like? And maybe could you give an example of a certain product? So I can't give any details on new things being developed that haven't been released yet, but something that has come out that I got to see kind of from kind of the midpoint to when it went out to the marketing team. We have a new software product called TurnPath. This product lets you automatically turn at your end rows or at the field boundary, which is pretty neat. So you never have to put your hands on the steering wheel if you don't want to. So I got to help with some competitive analysis pieces with this product. So looking at other companies and their products that are similar, um, kind of comparing their functions and how they work. And then I got to be in some meetings of sharing this with the marketing team and the sales department and how their positioning strategies would work around this product. So that was kind of a fun one I got to see. Another one was the three bushel box that's now open for being sold this fall. So uh, on your planter, you can get three bushel boxes instead of just a 1.7 bushel box, which is kind of your generic, your standard planter seed box that comes with it. So 
that was also a fun product to see in development. And being an ag education major, this is kind of a unique internship for you to dive into. What was your outlook in going into this technology-based internship, and how do you think it will benefit you as you go into your potential teaching career? So I'm not going to lie, I was really nervous coming into it. I wasn't sure if I would have the skill set or the knowledge. Um, I haven't had a lot of classes surrounding precision agriculture. And although I grew up on a farm, I can't say I handled the displays and the technology side a lot myself. So this was all pretty new to me, but I learned a lot along the way. The people at Ag Leader are great and they taught me so much. And I got to attend trainings. Ag Leader actually provides trainings to dealers. So I sat in on quite a few of those to learn about our own products. And I think just going into the field of agriculture education, precision technology is such a huge part of the future of agriculture. I'm excited to implement it in teaching potentially in the future. So maybe having even a precision technology class where students can learn how to operate displays and troubleshoot um, electrical problems and wiring themselves. I think that's just a huge part of our future and something that high schoolers could even learn from. Absolutely. And I remember talking to Ashley Althaus a few weeks ago, who is currently here at Iowa State majoring in ag systems technology. And being a woman, especially within agriculture technology, can be a challenge, I'm sure, as it's often a minoritized community. But I'm also sure that it's completely rewarding in the end. How was that affected throughout your time? Did you feel any challenges or did you think that being a woman, it felt more empowering to step into this technology based role? I was a little nervous about that. Ag Leader is a heavily male-dominated company. They are working on hiring quite a few more women. Um, we have quite a few more than they even started with when I first started working there in January, which is pretty cool to see. But I will say I was the only woman on my team of like 11 to start with, which was kind of a shock at first. I'm not used to that. A lot of my classes are heavily female at Iowa State, so that was just kind of new to me but the people I worked with were so great and they like emphasized the different points of view that a student and a female and just a younger person could bring to their team and I always felt very welcome and so I think it's just a cool place to be where um, sometimes it's challenging to be the only one but also knowing that maybe you're paving the way to make it more comfortable for someone else. That is a fantastic outlook to have, and that even relates back to technology in itself and studying it and putting in the work to pave the way for the future of the agriculture industry. And speaking of which, getting to work in that industry for the past close to a year now, I think it is for you, um, what do you foresee within the future of agriculture technology? Well, a fun part of my internship is that I get to do a lot of research and we attend a lot of farm shows and just try to stay up with the latest trends to make sure our products are keeping up. So I do think we'll continue to see a lot of autonomy. However, I don't think we'll completely switch over to that for quite a while. Um, but just things that make your life easier, like I said, the turn path, um, just things that kind of reduce fatigue for farmers while they're in the field. Um, a lot of vision products are out there, so like vision row guidance. Um, that's kind of a hot topic. People really enjoy that, and it's a product where it's pretty easy to see the value right away. So um, I enjoy utilizing vision row guidance. I think it's kind of a fun product. So just things that make the life of farmers easier, um, especially things that can save them money are usually prioritized. 
So as long as we keep chipping away in that direction, it'll be interesting. Absolutely. And you've shared a lot of interesting facts about ag leader technology and just an outlook in general on agriculture technology. So to wrap things up, do you have anything lasting that you would like to share about your thoughts on ag tech or ag leader tech as a company? Uh, I would just share that if you're even a little bit interested in it, I would take some time to learn about technology, be immersed in it a little bit. I never used to think it was one of my interests, but just with how prominent it is in the world today, I think it's helpful for everyone to have some knowledge surrounding it, even if it's not something you want to go into. So I just encourage you to kind of keep up with trends and learn more about it. Put yourself out there to be in those positions that you may not know you wanted. Perfect. Well, thank you for joining us today, Riley. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Jennifer. At Corteva AgriScience, we believe that when we work together, we grow together. We believe innovative agriculture solutions are found in the lab and in the field, applying real insights from farmers with our global R&D knowledge to create a strong suite of innovations across seed and crop protection. We believe in constantly challenging ourselves on how to bring all of our solutions together, giving farmers the tools to address today's needs and tomorrow's challenges. We believe in what we do because we believe in what farmers do, and together we thrive. Corteva AgriScience, keep growing. Well, there you go. It's always great perspective. Appreciate those interviews. It'll be exciting to get our listeners some more good conversations this week. So. For today, though, what do you say? Should we let them go? Let's let them go.